Thanks for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. This January, we're headed back to Mercedes-Benz Stadium for Passion 2022, and we want you there. So this week, we're bringing you excerpts from messages from our upcoming speakers at Passion 2022. Today's short scripture reflection comes from David Platt. I want to encourage and challenge you today as a church and as individual followers of Christ. So I wanna read these verses in a moment and then I wanna do something a little unique. I have spent over the last few years some concentrated time in some remote regions in the Himalayas and God has used time in the Himalayas there to rock my perspective on my life, on my faith, on the church, in such a way that I, I just, part of me would love to take multitudes of you with me into the Himalayas. It's not possible this morning. So what I want to do is try to bring a taste of them to you. And the reason I want to do that in light of this text, the first time I was trekking on those trails, I was reading through Luke in my Bible reading at that point. And I was reading this text and some others that I want us to walk through. And so based on God's word, I want to put these questions before you. They're not easy questions to ask or answer, but I I think they're questions we must ask and answer. We will inevitably answer in our lives and in the church. So let's start where we need to in the word of God. Luke chapter nine, verse 57. The Bible says, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, him being Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Are you going to choose comfort or are you going to choose the cross? In your life, right where you are sitting, are you gonna choose comfort or are you gonna choose the cross? In this church, are you gonna choose comfort or the cross? The first man in this story says to Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. He's eager, willing. Now we know from other accounts, Mark's account, that this man was a teacher of the law. It was customary for guys like this to kind of attach themselves to another teacher to sort of promote themselves, to gain standing. Jesus was pretty popular with the crowds at this point. So he's got somebody eagerly trying to follow him in order to advance himself. Jesus replies, the son of man has no place to lay his head. In other words, if this man followed Jesus, he was not guaranteed a roof over his head. And in this way, Jesus made crystal clear that Christianity is not a path to more comforts, 
higher status or greater ease in this world. The road of following Jesus is not paved with self-advancement. It actually starts with self-denial, picking up a cross. You look back up in verse 51 in Luke 9, the days drew up for him to be taken up, drew near for him to be taken up. He set his face to go to Jerusalem. Jesus is headed to a cross, which is why he says up earlier in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, he said to all these people who are following him, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his what? His cross daily and follow me. Now, we hear those words and today we have reverence, respect for the cross. We've got to put ourselves though in the shoes of first century hearers who heard that. This was... So it's not an appealing thing to the crowds. We, we wear crosses around our, our necks, put them up in our homes. Like, you didn't do that in the first century. And be like wearing an electric chair around your neck. It's creepy. Or having electric chairs over your dining room table. And the people aren't coming back over for dinner. It's your house. Like, this is a, a picture of death. Dying to yourself. And that is the initial invitation. So let's be clear. Everything we're talking about here in this text is not like for really mature followers of Jesus. This is initially what it means to be a follower of Jesus is to choose a cross over the comforts of this world. And we see this. So let's just take a quick tour. Take a right in your Bible. Go to the next chapter, Luke chapter 10. Listen to Jesus' words, calling away from comfort toward dying to yourself. Luke chapter 10, verse three, sends out his disciples. He says, go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Just in case you're wondering, a lamb doesn't go into the middle of wolves looking for comfort. A lamb goes into the middle of wolves expecting to lay down his life. Chapter 10, verse 25, this lawyer comes up to Jesus What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, what's written in the law? And the response in verse 27, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, which leads into the parable of the Good Samaritan, a story about loving the least likely people to love, about sacrificing to love the least likely people. Keep going, Luke chapter 11. Verse 42, Jesus is speaking to religious leaders. He says, woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb, and you neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. He basically says, you keep your religious practices, great, but you sit back and settle for injustice in the world around you. Sure, you're in the synagogue every day, you give pennies as a tithe, but You're not doing what God has called you to do to show his love for the oppressed and the poor. You're keeping most for yourselves, which leads to his stinging indictment in the next chapter. Look at chapter 12, verse 15. Jesus said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. He thought to himself, what shall I do for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. 
and I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. I give you a recipe for success in our world. Our country says success is building up as much as you can, store it away for a rainy day. Enjoy all this world has to offer. So what the world says is success. What does God say? Verse 20, God said to him, fool. This night your soul is required of you. The things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. You say, what does it mean to be rich toward God? Jump down to verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We could keep going on all the way to chapter 16. We see a powerful picture of a rich man who ignored the poor at his gate and finds out in eternity that he had totally missed the point. So the call of Christ is clear. Sell possessions. Give away possessions. Give your life for those in need. Love your neighbor as yourself. If we're not careful, we can create a pretty comfortable picture of Christianity where we live our entire Christian lives in the comfortable confines of the church, all the while turning a blind eye and a deaf ear to urgent physical need right around us and all around the world. And I, I get it. Like, I walk through these trails, I see poverty. I go down in the city, I see these brothels where these girls are put, and I, I just want to stick my head in the sand and pretend it's not real. And there's a part of me that just wants to jump on a plane as soon as I can, get back home where I can just live like this is not real. But I guess that's the danger. I, I can do that. You can do that. You can move on Monday morning, tomorrow, and just pretend like we didn't even dive into this here today. I'll tell one more story I'm not proud of at all. So we had been told as we're walking the trail, so we're trekking, and we have packs with a few snacks in them. And the people we're working with are doing all kinds of things to uh, address poverty in these villages. Uh, and they had asked us uh, not to just, uh, with the snacks they have when people ask, not to just start handing out snacks because that actually ends up creating some more problems on multiple levels. So it made sense. So we get to this one particular village. Not a lot of people in this village. Just a few kids came running up. As we're, we're just passing through the village, really short village. These few kids come running up, and one of them's a little girl about my daughter's age. And she's got a big smile on her face. And we're just, we're just kind of playing with the kids as we're walking. This girl latches onto my hand, and so we're walking hand in hand as we go down the trail, and just smiling, not able to communicate her language, but uh, able to communicate in ways that supersede language. And so just smiling, playing as we're going. And we get near the end of the village, and all the guys are ahead of me or kind of getting beyond the village. And so I turn around because it's time for us to go, but she starts holding onto my hand tight. And with her other hand, she reaches out her hand to me for me to give her something. She puts her hand to her mouth like, can you give me something to eat? 
So I froze at first and then just kind of shook my head. And then she reached for my pack. And so suddenly I found myself like turning my pack away from her. And at this point, her smile has gone off her face. Now it's more of like this angry look, like, I know you have something. Like, can you please give me something? And so I started, I'm trying to pull my hand away at this point, and she's grabbing on all the tighter. So I find myself finally just yanking my hand away. And as soon as I do, she looks at me. And she tries to spit on me. She's not able to because she doesn't have enough saliva, so it just kind of comes on her own chin. And uh, I turn and I walk away. I don't want that to be the story of my life. In a world of urgent physical need, I don't want the story of my life to be, I turned and walked away. And I wanna encourage you, don't let it be the story of your life. Don't let it be the story of this church. Will you choose? So this is the thing, in order to follow Christ, the picture's clear. It is a call to let go of the comforts of this world to die to yourself and to live to lay down your life for others around you. So that's the question. Are we gonna choose the comforts of this world or are we gonna choose the cross of Christ to lay down our lives to show the compassion of God? Thanks again for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. And don't forget to go and subscribe to the Passion City Church and Passion City Church DC podcasts for our full messages every week.